Welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Nine of the Karen Kenny show. I'm so excited, you guys, because I've tried to do this intro like and just start this sucker like three times and I kept flubbing up. And one time I was like, it's episode 49. <laughs> it's like, I'm getting a little squirrely up in here, getting a little punchy over here, you guys. <laughs> so here we are, episode 59. I'm going to call this sucker Stop Making Excuses. Let's chat about that for a second, shall we? So, um, many of you might, well, I don't know. Many of you might know that I am, I kind of mostly identify as a writer. I am a spiritual mentor, of course. I'm also a wicked long time yoga teacher, like blah, 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 whatever. But I mostly identify, I think, as a writer and um, a storyteller. And sometimes I tell story stories uh, verbally. So I'm also a speaker. Um, But so words are like, words are kind of like my main way of communication, right? Speaking them, writing them, they're my jam. So my, my spiritual team, as you guys have heard me talk about like many times, um, my spiritual team, I start, I start each day with my spiritual practice, right? So I always start with some prayers, some meditations some contemplation. And I I say, it's, you know, my, my time spending time with God and it's time when I talk to God and it's time when I listen, Right. So sometimes like I wake up and I, I do, I do my spiritual practice. And then I, I always ask, right. Have me go. You would have me go. Have me do what you would have me do. Have me say what you would have me say and to whom please use me. And then I try to listen deeply. If there's any particular individual curriculum or divine assignment, the assignment is always alignment. The assignment is always alignment to keep my mind right, to keep my mind in alignment with my spiritual team, with source, with love, with spirit. Right. Um, but sometimes there's something that like, will kind of like come through. So the other morning, like I woke up, I'm this reason why I'm telling you all this There's always a method to my madness, you guys. So, um, people have often asked me in the past, like, you know, you talk about your spiritual team and you'll say how sometimes like you're, you're waiting for your instructions, you know, for the day, like, you know, my, where I'm being guided, you know, to say, do whatever. And they're like, KK, are you saying like you hear a voice? Like, do you actually hear a voice? And I, and I, I started laughing and I was like, well, I have actually heard a voice in my head a couple of times that did not appear to be my own voice <laughs> uh, through the years, but it's only been a couple of times. Um, h- how I really experience things um, is really more like I call them word impressions or thought impressions where all of a sudden, even like when I do these, like I don't plan these once in a while, once in a while. Um, I will actually have some notes and stuff written down, but a lot of times I just ask, you know, please use me. And then I see what the impression is and where I'm being guided, but they were not joking around the other day. The other day I woke up. And so as a writer, I sometimes will do these like digital quote cards, right? So they're either things that I often say, things that I repeat to my spiritual mentoring clients, uh, little teachings or phrases that, um, are helpful for me to remember too, not just like, I'm like, oh, I'm so smart. I'm so spiritual. Let me show you all, right? It's not just that. It's like, sometimes I create these things for myself. Um, So the other day I woke up and it was like, boom, here was the spiritual quote card, like right in my head, like the thought and word impression in my mind. And it basically was like, they were, they were coming in, they were coming in hot. And it was like, stop making excuses for people's shitty behavior. And I was like, okay, clearly, clearly they like KK is going to be talking about this. <laughs> it's always, then it's always like, well, is KK talking about it? Or is Vicky with two K's from Lawrence talking about it? And I, my, I have a sense that both of them are going to show up <laughs> on the, uh, on the podcast today. So let me just say this too. I want to make sure that people understand, you know, I am, um, 
a really happy person. I am also a very optimistic and positive person, but it doesn't mean that I am not aware of the seriousness of what's happening. Um, I have had people close to me lose people who are close to them to COVID-19. I'm very aware of what's happening in the world. And um, I cry my tears when I need to, and I feel my feelings, and I try to be um, as sober as I can in terms of like, uh, I, I mean, you know what I mean? I'm not talking about alcohol, drugs. I'm talking about like trying to, to be level-minded in my approach of this and, and having um, a, a larger scope um, and really looking at things. And I'm also aware that part of my job um, is, to, um, is to also bring lightness and to bring love and to bring, um, the word, what's the, what am I trying to say here? Is that, I, I guess I want to say like, you'll often hear me laughing and using humor and humor is one of my big three, right? And it's not because I'm not taking things seriously. That's the caveat. I just wanted to say that like amongst all this, cause you might be hearing this episode at some point where we're hitting kind of a, a really, like I was telling somebody the other day, it's probably going to get a little more worse before it gets a little more better. Um, and so I am not taking the situation of the world too lightly, but I am um, trying to represent the lightness of being, um, you know, both, both of course in miracles um, in the Christian faith and lots of different traditions, there is some version of you are the light of the world. And so sometimes I'm just trying to um, allow some light into the darkness. So that's all I'm going to say about that. And either you'll get it and understand it um, or you won't. And I, you know, I did my part trying to explain myself to you because I, I want people to know that I, I do feel deeply for what is happening right now. And I am taking it seriously. Having said all that. Okay. So the message kind of came through, stop making excuses for other, for, 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 for people's shitty behavior. And that also includes ourselves, right? So it's not me just kind of sitting around like judging everybody, but this is kind of like a spiritual concept in spiritual work. Although it sounds very simple, right? Like stop making excuses for people's shitty behavior. And, and here's the thing, and I'm going to try and hit this as um, like a spiritual mentor, also as a storyteller, also just kind of as a human being looking at the self, my own self actions and stuff like that. So here's what I know to be true. So I use a lot of storytelling kind of principles in the spiritual mentoring work that I do. And one of the ways that I use story in this work is we talk about like, okay, we're going to tell these stories and your stories are kind of like your history. Like who you are, where you've been, what you've been through, the shit that went down in your life. Because of these things, you start to create certain thought patterns, certain beliefs, certain quote unquote stories. Okay. So in the work that I do, it's called like the, the process that I use is called like transforming your story to your glory. So we're rewriting these old stories. We're revising them, right? We're taking those old shitty first drafts and like we're revising them. We're seeing them through new eyes. We're giving them new meaning. Okay. We are mining the stuff that, that has happened to us to look at it for redemption, salvation, meaning, healing, forgiveness, like the whole kit and caboodle. Okay. I'm a lover of stories. And I think one of the things is that, and I know the power of stories because I've often said this too as well. I've often said to people, um, if you know somebody's story, if you really understand like what they went through, the situation they went through, their trauma, their experiences, their circumstances. Like if you, if you understood it as best you could, because you're not them, right? You can't know exactly because you're not them, but you can try to get in the ballpark and understand it with deep compassion and empathy. Um, if you understand somebody's story, it's almost uh, impossible on some level to not forgive them. Um, and you might even find yourself coming to love them. I'm not saying this is true for every single situation. I'm just saying in general. So I know the power of somebody's backstory, somebody's history, right? Um, to the role that it can play. And so it's really great at allowing us to have compassion to sometimes make sense of why maybe somebody did what they did or is doing what they're doing. Um, it can make us like be like, oh yeah, that makes sense that they're hoarding toilet paper right now because they were a kid 
who grew up with nothing and they have a fear that they're not, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm just making, I'm just making stuff up, right? I can't tell you how many times in my own life uh, when I've done some self-reflection work, right? And I'm like, yeah, it makes sense that I would have chosen that person or I would have done that thing because my history was this. So my own story, whatever the lack was or the, um, the fear was or whatever, it's really easy to, you know, kind of look at people's stories and understand or make sense of why they might be doing, but it doesn't excuse them <laughs> for what they're doing. And one of the things that I see a lot in, in people who are quote unquote doing spiritual work is, and you can call it spiritual bypassing. I, I, I can call it just like not holding people accountable. So this is about, you know, accountability and not making excuses for people's shitty behavior just because you can understand why they might be doing it. And um, I've said this, I've talked about this, I, and, and here's the thing, I'm talking about this because this was a muscle, this was a, um, a, a, a spiritual tool that I had to put in my toolkit because I was, I was a person who did this all the time. I would... I would just be like um, making excuses for people in my life and their shitty behavior. Um, part of it was because exactly what I was just saying. I knew enough about them that I knew I knew their um, what's the their origin story. Like I knew where they were coming from, and I'd be like, yeah. I mean, I know they did this, or he did this, or she did this, but it's because like they were abused as a kid or they were sexually traumatized as a kid or they didn't have this. They didn't get the love they need. All right. I, I had a thousand reasons, but part of it was too, is that I didn't like holding people accountable. That part was hard, right? There were certain people in my life that I would be like, I didn't want the truth to be true. I didn't want the truthy truth right? I didn't want the truth to be true because if the truth was true, and let me, let me, let me just pause for a second to, to insert here, this concept of, for me, the truth of my brothers and sisters. And when I say brothers and sisters, I mean our brothers and sisters as like, we're all God's kids. So that means your parents, your mom, your dad, whatever that arrangement was, right? Two moms, two dads, doesn't matter. Um, they'd be your brothers and your sisters as well. Your actual siblings, brothers and sisters. Animals in the world, they're your brothers and sisters. So I, when I say brothers and sisters, it doesn't mean your familial blood DNA brothers and sisters. When I say brothers and sisters, I mean all the people, okay? And so it can be really easy um, to um, make excuses for your brothers and sisters' behaviors because you can understand why they might be doing a thing. But you can't just excuse what they're doing. There has to be, the only way that there's any real healing is that we hold people accountable, right? We can't just skip over the uncomfy parts. And so often it's like we don't want the truth to be true because then we would have to accept some realities that were not so soothing, that did not feel good right? And so it's like, well, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna skip the path of accountability and try to go right to the path of forgiveness. And we could talk about this. We can talk about this in a couple of different ways, but so let me, let me like just back up a second. So I've often said this to people before, right? That, um, how do I say it? there's a spiritual principle that I'm going to just make let Vicky with two K's just kind of say it very bluntly and directly, which is it's not loving to, it's not very loving to you or to the, to your brother or sister to allow them to act like a colossal asshole, to not hold people accountable for how they're showing up. So this is the point I was trying to make earlier. Okay, so whether it's your mother, your father, whatever, when I say brother and sister, I mean brother and sister. So to make this point, we are all, the truth for me is that we are all children of God. We are made as love by love. So who we truly are is love. Um, and that is unwaverable. That does not change. It is eternal. It is a truthy truth, right? The truthy truth is, is that I believe, I'm not saying it is the gospel truth for everybody who walks on the planet. The truthy truth for me is that we are all children of God. 
who we are is who we really are as spirit is perfect. Let's just cement that. Who we really are as children of God, as love, is eternal, unchangeable, and perfect. However, what I'm talking about here is the ego personality. Okay? So who we are as spirit and love, perfect. But this is more about like our ego personality could use a little rehab. Our ego personality could use a little polishing, a little touching up, a little uh, revision. Okay? That's what I'm talking about here. I just, want, I just want to be clear and make the distinction, okay? So it's not very loving to you or to the person who's behaving like a dick if you let them just kind of get away with that. So in some traditions, we might call this spiritual bypassing, where we don't want to look at the difficult thing or the ugly thing or the dark thing, right? We don't want to look at the wound. We just want to be like, oh, I know why they do that and just skip go like just like pass go collect 200 bucks like just do the whole thing and i'm like look it's actually doesn't serve other people if you don't give them an opportunity to grow and that's why i'm always saying to parents like you have to let your kids screw up sometimes you have to let them fall down and skin their knee you have to let them have their own experiences so that they can have their own consequences so that they can understand like if you have a little kid right who is a total greedy little shit is totally self-centered. I mean, little kids are kind of, they think the word, world kind of revolves around them, right? And I know some children are very sensitive, empathic, mindful. They like to share their toys, but most kids are just like me, 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 right? So if you have a little kid who's wicked grabby, who's always punching or biting other kids, who is always just like so super self-centered, never wants to share his toys, like da, 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 da. If you don't check that kid once in a while, if you don't remind him about how to speak nice, right? How to be nice, uh, how to be kind, how to express his feelings, like use your words instead of your fists. If you don't hold that little kid accountable for his actions, you're not going to have a, just a small little shit. You're not going to have like an older teenage who's, who's, who's getting in trouble, treating people like crap going to get socked in the mouth for their mouth, right? For their mouthy mouth, <laughs> you know? So I've often said to people, because um, we don't like, or a lot of people don't like conflict, right? A lot of people don't, especially women, we don't like to hurt people's feelings. We don't like to call a spade a spade. We don't like to be very direct communicators. We, we try to tiptoe around it and be like, oh, well, they didn't mean it. And I'm like, no, they did mean it. It came out of their mouth. They said it, right? It happened. So one of the most loving things that we can do is to stop making excuses for people's shitty behavior. And I've seen people in the spiritual community do things like say all, all the different things that you can say, right? Um, living in glass houses, like pointing the finger at other people. Um, it's not very loving. You're being judgmental. But here's the thing about judgment. Let's talk about judgment and spirituality for a second too, okay? So the ego mind is always going to judge. That's what it does. But there's a difference between judgment of the ego, right? Like making other people wrong and bad and attacking and proving and like competing and all that stuff, right? Versus discernment, spiritual discernment. A, a mature, a spiritually mature person can discern that a particular behavior is not soothing or a particular behavior is not helpful or kind and they don't want to participate in it and they don't want to be in relationship to it. And we have to be discerning about ourselves too, right? So some people will say to me, oh, you're being kind of judgmental. I'm like, no, I'm using my discernment and I'm saying that that's not okay. It's not okay to, for me. It might be okay for a bunch of other people right? Like I, I brought this up several times, like the whole Tiger King friggin' Netflix documentary series. Oh my God. Don't even get me started. You guys do not want to hear me rant, rant about that and, and how like, no, we'll not watch it. We'll not support it. Animal cruelty, blah, 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 blah. So does that mean that I'm judging all the millions of people, a lot of them, my friends who have tuned in? No, I'm just using my discernment looking at my values, looking at what my big three, looking at the things that matter to me. And I'm saying, I don't want to participate in that. So I'm using my discernment to make a choice for myself and for the animals who have no voice, right? But I'm not sitting around going like, oh, so-and-so in Pennsylvania is a tonal ding because they want, it's like, hey, 
So we get to have discernment without being totally judgy. And I think so many times like spiritual people, quote unquote, spiritual people, like don't quite get what that means, right? They just assume that anything that's not all like Zen and namaste hands is that you're being judgy. No, it's called being a spiritually mature adult and being able to choose whether something feels like it's operating from a place of love versus operating from a place of the ego and fear. Okay. And so sometimes one of the most loving things that you can do is to sit somebody down and say, Hey, that thing that you did, that was a dick move. And I'm telling you this because I love you because I know that if I, if I don't speak up, if I don't say this to you now, granted, this is that, that granted, this is successful in that you might, you have to be talking to somebody who can actually hear you. You have to be talking to somebody. I don't waste my breath with people who I know aren't going to listen. You know, there's an old phrase that says, and I don't know, I don't know where it comes from. Um, it was delivered to me so long ago, and I, I don't know who said it. But it basically says this, and I'm going to explain it in a second. It's a very simple saying, but I'll, you'll know what I mean in a minute. So it says, the wise do not confuse the ignorant. The wise do not confuse the ignorant. What that means is as a teacher, you have to know who you're talking to. You have to know what they're ready for. You have to be able to meet them where they're at with a particular language. And it's like, you know, if I say to somebody, I'm not sure how to do this, and they start talking to me in a foreign language, I'm, it's gonna, I'm gonna be like, I don't understand you. If somebody is not ready to hear the, the truth or to, to, to hear... Uh, to take responsibility for something. Sometimes there's people who are total narcissists and they always think that they're the victim. Even when they're the one perpetrating the harm, they still think that it's being done to them. There are just certain people that don't like feedback, don't want feedback, don't want to hear it. You can't talk to them. And I just won't waste my breath on sitting down and trying to explain something to them. So the wise are not gonna confuse the ignorance. Now that doesn't mean that when I say you're in the role of the wise person that you're so wise or you're better than anybody else. It just means you have to know who you're dealing with, right? So there are just times when somebody is hell bent on being destructive, when somebody is caught up in their fill in the blank, their situation, their mindset, their addiction, their choice. Like they don't la, 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 right? Like hands over their ears. They don't want to hear it. So sometimes if, if you, you know, I always say to some people, I know, I know whether or not usually, not always, usually uh, to, to waste my breath. Um, and I often will do like, like, like recon ahead of time. Like I get a feel for somebody like, um, are they able to hear things about themselves that might be uncomfortable? Because I had to do that work on myself first. There, there have been times in my life where the people who loved me the most were the ones who were willing to sit my ass down and say, hey, cut the shit. You're behaving like a little asshole. You know what I mean? And man, did it hurt. And man, was I a little, uh, not even a little, a lot embarrassed. And I, when I looked back on it, I was able to see like, mm, they're right. And I think I was able to hear it because I knew those people loved me. There had been enough of a relationship and a history for me to understand that they weren't saying it out of meanness and cruelty. Um, and, you know, I pushed it. I had pushed their buttons to a point where they're like, that's it. Done with your shit. Done with making excuses for you and your dead mother. Right. Right. And they came, they came correct. They came correct. They came right for me. And it was a gift to me. So even with our own history, we have to be willing to call ourselves forward and to not, um, to not allow ourselves to make excuses for our behavior now as adults based on what happened to us 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, 40 years ago, 50, et cetera, right? We have to be willing to take responsibility for the quality of our thinking, for the words that are coming out of our mouths and the things that we're typing, our writing, our posts on social media. We have to take responsibility for our behavior, our choices, our actions. Those things, as I said before, they become your character. They become your legacy. And so I've had people come to me before complaining about somebody. And I've said, have you talked to them? And they said, no. And I said, why? And they're like, oh, I don't want to be me. I don't... 
and I, and I would say to them, how do you think it's loving to them? Well, I always ask the question first, do you think that they'll be able to hear you? Is this somebody you have a relationship with that you can actually talk to them? And if they say no, no, they never, ever, ever admit that they're wrong. They've never taken responsibility for it. It's always somebody else. They're always asking the yes people, the yes people, I call them around them, right? To just basically reinforce their version of the story already. One of the worst things you can do, people, is to surround yourself. All right, maybe that's a dramatic statement, worst. One of the most unhelpful things you can do for yourself in your spiritual growth is to surround yourself with people who always agree with you, who will always say, yeah, you're right, it's them, it's not you. That's bullshit. That's cowardly, actually. You want to have friends who are not just going to yes you to death. You want to have friends who will compassionately and lovingly and gently, mercifully say, yeah, you might want to look at that. Sometimes you also need that one, like maybe mass hole friend. You know what I'm talking about. They could be from Jersey, New York, whatever. You, but you need Philly. You need that person who's just going to sometimes just like cut through like a laser, like, uh, and they're just going to give it to you straight. But it's because they love you, not because they're trying to tear you down. And those are the people, those are the teachers that will save you time. Though, that's what a good mentor actually does, is we save you time. So, you know, there are people who can deliver things very gently and that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And then sometimes you need that, that like laser-like quality of somebody who's going to go like right in and give it to you. So if somebody will say to me, and this has happened so many times in my life where somebody would, you know, they'd be making a defense for why they don't want to, you know, they, they, they'd be giving me their argument as to why they don't want to say something to the person who was hurting them, to the person who was involved in like crappy behavior, right? And they'd be making excuses for them. And I had to say to them like, hey, do you think it's actually loving of you to let them get away with it? And they'd be like, what? I'm like, well, first of all, let's just be really honest. Is it loving to you that they're doing that thing? And they're like, no. Okay. So if you were doing something crappy, wouldn't you want somebody to tell you about it so that you could stop hurting yourself and them? And they're like, well, yeah. I go, and wouldn't you want an opportunity to apologize in case you were just being clumsy because you had taken a detour into fear and you didn't really mean it and you wanted to take responsibility for it? You're just, you, you just have a blind spot to your bullshit. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, exactly. Sometimes it's not loving. It's not loving to just sit there feeling resentful and angry and hurt and being a mata. And then seeing that person and pretending like you're not upset and continuing with the relationship. And now look, timing is everything. There'll be times when you'll stay in a relationship long enough because you just want them to change. You're hoping and praying and wishing and fingers crossed and every fucking thing, you know, whatever you're doing, do it friggin' like just hoping that it's not going to be the truthy truth. That, you, you know, you're going to keep making excuses for them. And I, I had to do this in my own life. I had to do this in my own life like with people from my childhood, people who were supposed to be my caretakers. And I, I, I kept making excuses because it was too painful for me at the time to accept the truth, which was this person didn't really love me. Nothing about their actions were, were, were showing me that they loved me. So people can say whatever they want to say, but if their actions aren't backing it up, you, you got that conflict, right? When the words and the actions aren't in alignment, it's like somebody telling you they love you and then punching you in the mouth. It's a little incongruent. It's a little confusing. So it's not loving to allow that ego, brutal nature in another person to be okay. And my meditation teacher, Ethnaka Schwarin, once said something, and I, I'm going to butcher it. Uh, I'm going to butcher it. But he basically was saying like, you know, it's not loving or kind to allow somebody to act. He doesn't, he's never swore. <laughs> Maybe in his personal life, but I doubt it. But the way that I kind of interpret it, like the Vicky with two Ks from Lawrence interpreted is, it's actually not loving to let somebody act like a dick towards you or towards anybody else. Because here's the thing, they're probably not just doing it to you. You know, allowing somebody to, to, to be that way. So we gotta stop making excuses for our own shitty behavior. 
So if you have blind spots to your own bullshit, you better have some people in your circle who you know you can go to and say, hey, here's the situation. This is what, went, what, what went down. What do you think? And I'm giving you permission to be honest with me because I know you love me and you wouldn't be saying anything to me that's, that's just to attack me or make me feel bad about myself or whatever. Can you give it to me straight? And then you, you have to be like, and I, I won't get mad. You know, I won't get mad at what you say. Please be honest with me. Love me enough to be honest with me, right? So you got to stop making excuses for your own shitty behavior. And then we have to stop making excuses for the shitty behavior of friends, families, coworkers, bosses, coaches, priests, whatever, right? You know, we have to really take responsibility for how we're showing up in the world, the way that we're treating others, the way that we're representing ourselves, the way that we're posting on social media, the way that we're communicating. And it's just not, it's just not helpful. You know, I see it with the president. You can get pissed at me all you want if you are a super, super Trump fan. But there is no way at this point, if you are even a half awake human being adult, if you can't see with the veracity with which this president lies, right? And he's a danger. He's a danger and people make so many excuses for him and I don't understand that. And I'm not going to go into some big rant. I don't care. I don't really don't care like Democrat, Republican. What I care about is human being. I look at a human being's behavior, regardless of what I just look at a person and I say, how are they acting right now? And it boggles my mind the willful ignorance that I see, and I see it beyond politics. I see it in the way that we treat animals on this planet. I see it in the way that we treat, you know, people of color. I see it in the way that the systems are rigged against the weak, the poor, the helpless, and the voiceless. So I am just completely, constantly amazed. And I'm willing to take the hits for this one, right? If you stop listening to the podcast or whatever, I don't, I rarely go on any kind of political rants. Um, I'm not shy about it. It's just, I know what my lanes are, right? I'm not a political commentator. I'm talking about a human being right now. And I just see a pattern of behavior that it just boggles my mind how much intelligent, grown-ass adults make excuses for our current administration's pitiful, brutal, obscene behavior. I'm just going to, that's all I'm going to say about it. So I would just invite people, all of us, myself included, right? I have some fact checkers in my life. I have some hip checkers in my life who I can go, hey, Lay it on me. I can't tell you how many times a week I go downstairs and I go, sweetie. All right. So this is the situation. What do you think? Was I mean here? Was I a dick here? Like, what's the deal? I'm always checking in because I'm very aware of that alter ego, Vicky with two K's from Lawrence, who just wants to tell, you know, she's got something to say about everything. So we don't let her drive the bus. But she's really good at helping me to keep things uh, honest right? Am, am I always perfectly on? Like, look, there are people from my past that could step forward and say, oh, honest. What about this, 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 that trust me. I'm very aware. I'm very aware of the choices I have made in the past. And uh, I, I, I have worked very hard. I've worked very hard and I have forgiven myself for my younger versions, uh, predilections and behavior <laughs> choices. Oh, we've all been a little clumsy. So, but this is the reason why I'm saying all this. The reason why I'm saying is to stop making excuses. It's not to create separation. It's not to create like, you're bad. I'm good. You're terrible. I'm better. I'm more spiritual than you. It's not that. The reason why I'm even talking about all this is because this moment of honesty and accountability and truth telling is what is necessary for forgiveness. You guys have heard me say it so many times. This being human is like being in the fucking forgiveness Olympics. It's all just another forgiveness opportunity. As my friend Gary Renard says, JAFO, right? J-A-F-O, just another forgiveness opportunity, all of this. But you can't get to true forgiveness. You can't get to this experience 
on the human level. I'm not talking on the divine level. Remember, on the divine level, we're, we're not even separate. We're not separate bodies. There's just perfect oneness, right? In the kingdom of heaven, it's just perfect oneness. I'm talking about down here, earth school, on the planet, in the classroom, right? Ego personalities having relationships. Here on this level, the experience, right? The experience of peace. We could take it really high-minded. I could course in miracles all day long and talk about like, seriously, the separation never happened. There's, we are just ideas in the mind of God. We have never actually left God or our source. The separation never happened except the atonement for ourselves. Well, the separation never happened. There's only one of us. There's no other people. So nobody's doing anything to anybody. So there's nothing to forgive. That's awesome. It's an incredible spiritual principle. And most people, if you just start there, are like, what, the f what, what are you talking about, KK, right? So we don't start there. I'm going to talk in a way, like I'm going, I want to meet people where most of us are at. And where most of us are at is we're trying to kind of actively participate in the forgiveness principles to let go of the, the thoughts of separation, the pain, the suffering, the wounds that so many people are carrying on because they haven't forgiven. And part of why we can't truly forgive, because you can't just skip over the accountability part, because deep inside your subconscious won't allow it. The trauma will still be there if we don't have accountability. So we have to stand in it and we have to look at it and we have to drag. We have to drag. It's, it's kind of like you have this wound and you just keep pretending it's okay and you just keep putting a bandaid over it. And before you know it, it's like gangrene, right? It's just like we can't keep pretending like the rotting flesh doesn't stink and it's not pussy and gross and making a mess, right? So we got to pull things, the wound out of the dock into the light. And to look at it with Holy Spirit, to look at it with spirit, to look at it with love, to look at it. But part of loving people is sometimes you have to say no. Part of loving people is sometimes you have to call them on their shit and you have to say, this is what's, this is what's been going on. And I've seen way too much of a willingness, especially in the coaching world, in the mentoring world. And I, and I talk about that world a lot, you guys, because that's the world I'm in. I'm not talking about what's happening in bars because I don't work in bars anymore. I'm not talking about what's happening at the fucking, you know, uh, automotive plant because I don't work at the automotive plant. I'm not picking on my industry. It's just that's the industry I'm in because that's the only one I can talk about, right? I can talk about the yoga world too. It's no different. I see a lot of it happening in the yoga world too. And the reason why sometimes people want to allow other people to get away with shitty behavior is because they want to pass on their own crappy behavior. Now, let me give you an example because there's a fine line here, okay? So Tim's story, uh, Tim's story, I, you guys have heard me talk about Tim a few other times on other episodes, right? Uh, Tim's story is a, um, I would call him a pastor or a preacher uh, in, in Los Angeles. He's a really cool dude. I dig him. I've been following him for a wicked long time. Tim said something one day a few years ago that's always kind of resonated and stayed with me. And he said, you know, sometimes as people, I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, sometimes when people are on their journey, when they're on their spiritual journey, and I don't even think he said spiritual. He said, sometimes basically as people are growing, you have to just let them suck. <laughs> you have to just let them suck. And I get it. Trust me. There've been plenty of times on my journey where I was selfish and self-centered and not super mindful because I was in it. I was in my pain. I was in my wound. I was in my suffering. So I was extra clumsy. I was trespassing probably like a motherfucker. I probably, you know, but I didn't mean it. So sometimes, and you can tell, you can tell when somebody means well. Okay. So sometimes you just have to let people suck. So sometimes I'll say to my sweetie, cause my sweetie has like a little less tolerance for me than me um, about people's behaviors. Right. You guys, I have this little bottle of like, Lavender, just taking a little whiff. Oh, that was nice. Taking a little lavender hit while I'm talking to you guys. So my sweetie, sometimes he's very quick to get right to the no bull crap pot, right? He'll be like, I call bull crap. <laughs> and I'll go, yeah, but sweetie, you're kind of making this big sweeping commentary, this big sweeping like declaration of somebody's badness. I go, but sweetie, I've done that very thing. And he says, yeah, 
but you've also looked at that behavior and you worked on it and you don't do it anymore. And I'm like, okay, all right, point for you. You're right. That's the difference sometimes. Sometimes we want to give another person a pass for their crappy behavior because we want our own crappy behavior excused. I'm very empathetic, right? I am deeply one of my gifts, but it has also been, and I've had to learn this over the years, one of my gifts is being able to deeply understand somebody's story. And like I said at the very beginning of this, if I understand your story, it's almost impossible for me to forgive you and to eventually maybe even come to love you, right? As a brother or sister, you know what I'm saying? Not love you, love you like I want to marry you. Um, um, but just because I can understand somebody's story. So let me give you an example, you guys. So the guy that murdered my mother, the guy that killed my mother. Okay. So, uh, after that happened for, for the first, let's call it, let's say, let's see, seventh grade, maybe the first five years after my mother was killed. Um, I did, I did not look upon my mother's killer favorably. I felt like he was a monster. I thought he was a piece of shit. I thought he was a coward. I thought he was a bully. Like I had a lot of feelings. They were, none of them were nice. Okay. And I've told this story before. Um, I think I told this story before. Jeez, didn't I? Maybe I haven't. I've told it. I've told it maybe not on the podcast and I'm not going to go into it the whole thing right now, but let me just say this. Something happened. Oh, so when I found out that he had killed himself, okay, that he killed himself in prison, there was this moment where there was a crack in my thoughts and the crack was compassion. And there's that beautiful line from Leonard Cohen, right? Where he says, there's a crack in everything. It's how the light gets in. So when I understood that he had killed himself, the first thing I thought about was his children, his wife, his young wife and his, and his kids. And he had, he had kids from his first marriage and his second marriage. And I thought, Jesus Christ, it was around Christmas time. And I thought, Jesus Christ, like what kind of a Christmas can they be having? And in that moment, when the compassion, when the light came in, I stopped seeing him as just a monster, a bully, a coward, a piece of shit, all the labels I had given him. And I started to realize he was also somebody's son, somebody's brother, somebody's father, somebody's husband, and somebody's grandson. And I started to realize like, oh, there's more to this story than meets the eye. And then over time, as I'm you know, working on this memoir and doing all this research and stuff like that, I went back and I started to learn more about his story and about his siblings and about his upbringing in Lawrence and um, about what had gotten done in his life. And the more I knew of his story the more I could understand maybe how he found himself in a position where, now look, I am not excusing his behavior. You do not like kick and punch somebody to death. You do not beat somebody to death um, because you're an awesome person. Okay. Cause you're in your right mind. Like he was clearly out of his right mind when he did that um, act of brutality on my mother. Uh, what he did was awful and he was held accountable. He went to jail, like the whole thing. But if we hadn't had that peace, right? If he hadn't been held accountable, if he hadn't been found guilty, if he didn't go to jail, if he didn't have, and I can't speak to if he hadn't killed himself because I don't know, because that's the only reality I know that he did this awful thing for, to himself, which caused a lot of pain for the people he left behind. But it was that act in that moment that allowed me to kind of look at him a little bit differently. But here's the thing. I knew his story. I could make excuses for his shitty behavior. But I could never forgive him until I held him accountable. Until I had to really look at what he did, what he did, what he chose to do. And the effect, the exponential effect that that violence had. There was no like making excuses for him. So even though I understood why he did it, I still had to hold him accountable because that was the only way I was going to truly able, be able to forgive him. And it's interesting how this work is sometimes easier with other people than it is with the people closest to us. Because sometimes we don't want the truth to be true. We don't want to think like, oh my God, my dad didn't actually love me. Oh, my sweetheart, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, my partner, whatever the thing. You don't want to accept it. 
And it's like, yeah, but they only did that because they were addicted or they only did that because of the, it, it doesn't, you can't, you have to be able to stand in the fire of reckoning and say, they're doing this thing and it's not okay. And then maybe we can start to have that conversation about forgiveness. If you are a truly, I often say to people, is, could there be a holy instant where you accept the atonement for yourself and you don't believe in the separation so you don't believe there's actually other people out there doing things to you? Amazing. But most people don't get there that way very quickly, right? Even though that's the fastest path, most people, like they can't let that into their consciousness. They can't let that into their, their mind. So I'm always trying to find practical and applicable everyday ways of kind of taking bigger spiritual concepts and bringing them down to earth so that we can actually make our way through this cluster that we've created here. And with the coronavirus and everything that's going on right now, you guys, this is one of the most powerful times when we are being asked to sit with ourselves and to take a fearless moral inventory about who you are, who you've been, how you're showing up, the choices you make. Stop making excuses for your own shitty behavior. Stop making excuses for other people's shitty behavior. Call a spade a spade. Don't be afraid to stand there and look at it realistically and then ask Holy Spirit, Spirit, your spiritual team to see this person, yourself in this situation differently. Allow the opportunity for innocence and holiness and the remembrance of the divine in each of you to come in, but we can't just skip over the parts that make us uncomfortable. That's not true spiritual maturity on some level here in the illusion. And I know if the Course in, Course in Miracles police are listening right now, they can all get mad at me all day long right? I'm talking about being on the ground in the, what do they call those things when they used to be in war? In the, um, what are those things you got all called you guys? I know you really can't answer me, but you know what I'm talking about in the pits, like in the trenches, the trenches. Yes. Okay. So much of the work that I do is around forgiveness, but I think that if you don't allow your body to experience the injustice of what happened, we don't get to just go, well, yeah, he molested me from the time I was four to the time I was 10, but it's okay because he was molested when he was a kid. No, <laughs> like, no, you can understand it. But if you don't let yourself feel the rage and the injustice, and if you're not able to voice it through journaling or with a, with a therapist or with a trauma specialist or a somatic therapist or a spiritual mentor, if we don't... <sighs> If we just keep trying to gloss over and paint over, we're not going to really heal. And then we're not really going to forgive. And then the truth can't set us free. I hope this is making sense. So you guys, if you could let me know, I really mean this. I say this often, but I really mean this. If you can let me know if something that I'm saying makes sense to you, if you can hear the sound of my voice and you've listened this far, I would love to hear if this makes sense to you, because I think that there is a real, real, real problem that we have sometimes in the spiritual community where people do not want to hold each other responsible. And we have a huge responsibility. We have a huge responsibility when we're doing this kind of work to create a safe container for, for the darkness to come into the light. But we don't get to just ignore the darkness. Right? We don't just like close the cellar door and hope the smell of the dead bodies doesn't come up wafting underneath the door. We don't pretend like the serial killer isn't down in the basement or up in the attic. We have to say like, yeah, this happened. This is what went down. This is what they did. And then we can actually start the healing process. But until we acknowledge it, we don't get to keep sweeping it under the rug because we don't want to take a look at our own participation in keeping it sick. I hope this is making sense. Um, I, just, I just see a lot of excuse making. And it's not going to help us. And it's actually not the loving thing to do. Um, and so, you know, we have to have self-accountability. We have to hold the um, um, officials 
people, the people running the country and making the laws. We gotta, we gotta, we just gotta just own it. I, I, why do we keep attacking? I mean, why do we keep defending terrible behavior? It just boggles my mind sometimes. I'll just be like, what the fuck is happening? And again, you guys, it's not me being partisan and being like, what I'm just talking about basic, good, human um, behavior. It's like, you know, like don't watch a video of somebody like murdering kittens and then pretend like it's okay because they were abused as a kid. I was like, wait, no, I don't care what happened. I mean, I do care. You know what I mean? That's part of it. We don't get to go, well, it's okay that they're totally narcissistic and all they care about is themselves and all, all the rules and stuff that they're making only benefit the wealthy or whatever, fill in the blank, right? I mean, there's a thousand examples that I could use. And so I don't get to make excuses for when, if I'm behaving less than Stella, right? I, I've had, I have to have people in my life who say, hey, that was out of line or you might want to rethink that. But first and foremost, I, I check in with my spiritual team because sometimes, sometimes I've often said this sometimes, uh, because I, I am, un, I, I am willing, uh, 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 I am willing to be unpopular sometimes when I feel strongly, I'm also, uh, willing to change my mind and to admit that I was wrong. And when I have more information, sometimes when we know better, we'll do better. Right. And I always reserve the, uh, the right to internally pivot and externally pivot and say, yeah, I should roll that back. I didn't mean that. My mouth got ahead of my brain, right? My mouth got ahead of my mind. I was not being very loving there. I'm more than willing to take responsibility for my behavior. Um, and you need people in your life who will hold your feet to the fire. And that's the thing about having your core values and knowing what you stand for. And what uh, so much, right? Ever since I was a little kid, man, I hated an injustice. I hated when I saw an injustice to people on TV, people of color, people who looked different than me or sounded different than me or loved different than me, meaning like, or chose sexual partners that were different than me, had different, I mean, I was, I was kind of a poor kid, but had maybe different economic, um, you know, lived in different places or whatever like that. I've never liked to see unfair. It's why I've never liked practical jokes. I don't think practical jokes are funny. I don't think embarrassing people, trying to scare them, pranking them, punking them. That's just never been interesting to me. <clears throat> and I know a lot of people enjoy it. I'm not judging you. Discernment, I'm discerning that it's not for me. Um, I've never liked to see an injustice. And I've always, I'm just willing to speak up about things that, um, and I'm not saying I'm some, quote, some sort of savior or hero or anything like that. I just can't live with myself. I couldn't live with myself if I didn't speak up about particular things that I'm seeing. And it's one of the risks that I have to take with having a podcast. You know, people have said to me, like, you know, you talk about things sometimes. Aren't you afraid that you're going to upset people? And I say, it's a risk that I'm willing to take. I know that I'm not perfect. I know that I don't ha always have all the information that I could misspeak. But this is where I'm coming from today. And when I heard my, when I heard the thought impression, when I felt the word impression in my mind, stop making excuses for people's shitty behavior. I knew the message was for me first and foremost. And I also knew it was for some of you. And it, that's work that I've been having to do in my life and continue to do. Because I'm really good. I'm really good at looking at people's history and their stories and going, yeah, but. And my sweetie's like, sweetie, he holds my feet to the fire. He's really good about that. Chris Lesta, I love you for that. <laughs> because what it's done is it's, it's I've, I've, let, I've let myself be hurt. Because at some point, right, I always say nobody makes you feel anything. Somebody can do something. You decide the meaning you want to attach to it and, and what you, what you want to extract from it and da-da-da. Once we're adults and we have agency and autonomy over our own bodies, like where we live, how we live, like da-da-da. Once we're old enough to be independent, if somebody's still hurting you and you're participating in it, so he would say to me like, you know, when you don't hold this person accountable for what they did or they're doing, like you're not, you're hurting yourself. And I had to go like, oh my God, there's a reason why X, Y, and Z that I still feel this way or whatever. So that the trauma still is in the tissue. 
why I have issues in my tissues, <laughs> right? So the healing journey continues. And I hope you guys always know, like I do, sometimes I come across, I think is very direct. I'm always saying to my sweetie, was I mean? Was I too mean? Um, I, just try to, I just try to say things in a way that can be received and absorbed. And if I'm clumsy, sometimes I apologize. I never, ever, ever, ever want to be mean. I never want to be unkind. But I, I do want to be informative and I do want to be, um, be helpful. And, um, and I do want to simplify. I like to simplify things. I love this quote. I say it all the time by Hans Hoffman. And he says, um, the ability to simplify means to eliminate the unnecessary so that the necessary may speak. And to me, the necessary that is trying to speak right now is we've got to start to call a spade a spade or this, this, this whole world is in big fucking trouble. If we don't start getting really, really real, if we don't start looking at who the fakers are and who the pretenders are and who the bullshit is are and who's trying to make a buck and who actually doesn't care about us and who's just trying to use, some, look, we, this is time when, you know, there's a great line um, in Gavin DeGraw's song. And he says, basically, um, it's time to separate the, 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 the men from the boys, the women from the girls and the tools from the toys. It's time to separate the men from the boys, the women from the girls, and the tools from the toys. And we are being asked to kind of step into it and to stop screwing around and to stop making excuses, but all in service to love, all in service to forgiveness. But forgiveness cannot happen if we are not willing to have accountability. I hope this has been, like I said, helpful in some way. I just knew I got the, I got the instructions that I did my pot. May it land in your heart, you guys. So wherever you are on the planet right now, um, like I said, we're, we, we are quarantining. We are being asked to spend a lot of time with ourselves and what a powerful time, you know, what a powerful time to be able to take a look at ourselves and our history and our, and our present and to uh, not look back and so much with regret or to look forward with anxiety, but to be really, really present and say, who am I being right now? Like, who, who, who am I being right now? Who do I want to be during this time? Right? How do I want to be showing up? And how do I want to be remembered? And, uh, you know, and we also get to ask, like, what is this showing me? What is this revealing to me? What is this teaching me? This is such a powerful time to get really honest with ourselves. And maybe I'll talk about that on the next episode. So you guys, for now, it's me, KK, sending you lots of love. I hope you felt the love in this message. It was, it was not to uh, make anybody feel bad about themselves, you know? Um, it was also, like I said, I think the messages first come, come foremost for me, for me, <laughs> right? To do the work and then to uh, pass them on and share them if I think that they might be beneficial in some way. So you guys, stay strong, stay safe, stay healthy. We're going to get through this. We will never be the same again. We don't want to be the same. We don't want to go back to, we don't want to go back to normal. Um, there's going to be a new way moving forward. Maybe that's what we'll talk about next week. It's going to be a new way moving forward. Um, but here's the deal. I see you and I feel you and, and, and I appreciate you so much. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of my life. Wherever you go, may you, may you represent the love and the light that you are. Wherever you go, may you be a blessing. Bye. Hey, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Karen Kenny Show. <laughs> I super duper appreciate your time friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days. And let me know what your favorite part was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. 
I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing.